Hello again, friends and leaders. Welcome back to What Leaders Want. I'm your host, Jay Delling, and it's here that we peel back the proverbial onion on how leadership makes the world go around. Today's podcast is sponsored by Canadis 3. They're the experts in leadership development, coaching, and consulting. At Canadis 3, they develop people into leaders of people. And today our focus is on the aerospace industry. Our guest today is Randy Ball, CEO of Tribus Aerospace. Randy, thanks for stopping by to talk about the impact leadership has in aerospace and to talk about leadership in general. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for the invite. What a great opportunity to, to sit down and, and share my thoughts on, uh, on this subject that is near and dear to me. So, Randy, how does a Midwest boy from the heartland in Wichita, Kansas, wind up leading a $50 million aerospace organization in Grand Rapids, Michigan? Well, you know, I'd like to say it's hard work and dedication and, you know, all those great buzzwords that, that go okay, along. Okay, let me ask that. it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we know that that's not completely true. Uh, you know, some of it's right place, right time. Some of it's very good decisions. You know, I put a lot of it in my faith and being, you know, spirit led as to, you know, where I should go with my career. Um, part of it was taking risks um, in, in venturing outside of, of Wichita and, and taking the opportunity to move and expand, you know, my influence, expand my network. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of hard work. And I think it's a lot about passion. I mean, you've got to be passionate about people and change and culture and growth and the industry um, to to get to that to this point. Randy, you embarked on a new opportunity about a year and a half ago as you accepted the role of CEO at Tribus Aerospace. Talk about how you introduced this idea of change management and managerial courage to your nearly 300 employees. Yeah, so so it really came about with just spending the first, you know, four to six months observing, um, just being in all the sites and listening to what, you know, the teams had to say, um, looking at the direction of the leadership teams as well as the employees and determining what the needs were. Um, and it became pretty evident there, there were cultural challenges, um, people kind of set in their ways, not willing to change, um, and afraid to, to, to risk anything at all. Um, so, you know, as I've done in other places in, in my career, it became evident that it was going to be about driving a cultural change and, and, and holding people accountable and being held accountable, um, and, and putting the right leaders in place to, to drive a positive influence uh, on the on the workplace itself before we even tried to to do anything outside of our four walls. Randy, I found that the term servant leadership is a popular concept and theme in leadership circles within corporate America. Here's what I find interesting is that all the different mindsets on how it's applied to leaders. So describe your idea of servant leadership and how it served you in your leadership style. Well, you know, I mean, a, a lot of people have asked, All right, what's a CEO do? Um, and, and for me, servant leadership is about 
um, holding yourself accountable to the needs of others and not your own personal needs. Um, my needs will be met if I take care of my team. And if my team then follows that through and takes care of their team and so on throughout the organization. But it's really about being available to anyone that needs your time. It's about saying the truth, holding yourself to a higher level of a standard than maybe others would even hold you to. So it's about integrity. Um, and if you say something, you do it. Um, and then that communication loop back. Um, but, you know, my, my job as a CEO uh, ha has lots of bullets that you would put it put by it as what you're responsible for. But at the end of the day, I'm responsible for people um, and serving them to give them the best opportunity to succeed will in turn deliver the results that are expected of me. Randy, you've you've talked actually a couple of times on influence, um, and there's really three types of of influences. It's how we were influenced, you know, over the periods of our life, how we carry that forward and influence others. Um, it's also about how we influence ourselves. And if as you think of that, I'm really curious about how you became the leader you became with this servant leadership, because obviously you've had some influencers in your life that have led you to where you are today. Talk about some of the influences in your life. Yeah, you know, it, um, you know, it's a great question, Jay. Um, I've had the opportunity to work for dozens, if not, yeah, I, I couldn't even begin to count in 33 years, the number of direct supervision I've had and all different styles. Um, and for me, uh, it seemed like there was always two ends of a spectrum. There's the leader that was the beatings will continue until morale improves. And then there was the servant leader that really cared about their people and, and really dove in to find out what it is that made you tick um, and then tried to feed that. And so it was really easy for me to determine in that spectrum where which end I wanted to fall on. Um, so the experiences of, of working for people that didn't care as much about me as they did about the results um, was a little off-putting for me. And so I, I really focused on, all right, so now again, to go back you know, 30 years, that that's a different guy. Uh, this is a this is a, a, a learning curve of yourself and willing to invest in yourself and try to figure out who I am uh, before I could ever influence anybody else. And you know, so it really thought, okay, if that's the end goal, where am I at today, and what's that gap? And you know, at 25 years old, that gap was enormous. So it, it's a constant work in progress to try to work on yourself uh, to figure out what, what makes me, what motivates me, and then try to understand the myriad of things that, are that will motivate the people that work with, for, and around me um, to try and have any influence on that. 
you know, and the greatest challenge is that influence without authority, right? Uh, it's 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 one thing to be the CEO, and so you have the authority to say ye shall, but that's the last place you want to go, uh, in my opinion. Uh, it's it's how do I how do I get the business moving in the direction that I think it needs to go in uh, without it being my idea? All right, so the concept sounds awesome. I love that story. Now put some verbs to into the sentences. Dot the I's and cross the T's. Give me some names of the powerful influencers in your life. Yeah, so I think, you know, the first person that comes to mind is Jack Pelton. Jack Pelton is the uh, former CEO of Cessna Aircraft Company. Uh, my definition from the outside looking in as a servant leader, um, I, I am really, really bad. With, I, I tell this joke all the time. I'm bad with names. I wear a badge at work to remember mine. Don't be offended if I don't remember yours. Uh, Jack knew everybody and knew their first name, knew their families. Uh, he walked through the shop. He was very personable. Um, and that had a strong influence on me as here's a guy who's running a multi-billion dollar company who took the time to, to get to know, you know us commoners, um, you know, the everyday badge number. Wasn't a badge number, Jack. You did, it, even if it was, he he didn't let you feel that way, and and so that was a strong influence on me. But I'll I'll tell you, Jay, I've had influences the other way that I won't mention names on, that you know really led me down the path of man. I don't want to be that guy, um, that person that made me feel unimportant, that person that made me feel all I was was a KPI, and. And and that was as negative of an impact as Jack was a positive. Well, that it shows me great emotional intelligence, great uh, self awareness on your part. That's an interesting way to kind of weave the conversation into influencers. So so thank you for that. All right, we're at the point in the show where we get to know Randy Ball. Here's mm. how it works: I will ask a question or ask you to pick between two things. One of your hobbies is golf, and you're very good at it. I know this personally. So this segment will be weighted heavily on that. All right, okay. here's the deal, though. No points awarded, no prizes earned. You get nothing, and you like it. Are you ready? Just like my golf game. Okay. Yeah, pretty much so. All right, here we go. The Masters or the U.S. Open? The Masters. Augusta National or Pebble Beach? Visitor play. Play. Oh, it's it's definitely Augusta. I've played Pebble, so I can check that one off my list. Um, it's yeah, it's it's Augusta National. Augusta National or St Andrews? Wow, this is going to sound bad, but I've played St Andrews twice. So um, as well, incredible as incredible as that was, I've only been to Augusta National one time uh, for the Masters. And I, it, it's it's Augusta National. Okay, what's your favorite British Open course? Oh, it's St Andrews, the old course. All right, what intimidates you more, a downhill four foot putt or a hundred and fifty yard shot over water? Downhill four footer. Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods? Oh man, man, for different reasons, but Jack. Who's your favorite golfer under 
the age of 30. Wow. Um, I'm not sure how old he is, but I really like Max Homa. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, I, this weekend working the Corn Ferry, um, there's a couple guys that have my attention. Uh, that, that just have ice in their veins that, that I can't wait to, to see where their career goes. Would you rather have the satisfaction of hitting the green on the iconic par 3 17th hole at Tipia Sawgrass in Florida or hitting the famous par 5 13th at Augusta National in two? 17th. Yeah. All right. So you're, you're also a rabid Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Rumor has it you have this black golf cart with, you know, logos and emblems all across it as a Steelers fan. All right. I, I used you, to. Yeah. Oh, you don't have any more? No, I, I sold it to a good buddy of mine. Oh, good. Well, I hope he gets good use out of it. Uh, he overpaid, so I'm glad. Yeah. Who is you? <laughs> Who is your, your your favorite Pittsburgh Steeler of all time? Rod Woodson. You want to think about that for a minute? No, no need. All right. Rod Woodson. Okay. What is your favorite Steeler moment? Oh, wow. Um, Probably watching uh, the Steelers win the Super Bowl with with my boys. Dream foursome, Randy. You and three other people, dead or alive. My dad... Uh, Jack Nicholas, um, I'll put Tiger in that group. Okay. I'll let him know. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right. So that's getting to know Randy Ball. No prizes, no money. You're going to like it. That's the way it is. But thanks for letting us kind of get inside who Randy Ball is a little bit. All right, back to reality. So every conversation I have on what leaders want will include the topic. What is my most impactful leadership moment? Tell us about that moment for you. So, you know, uh, I would say, um, you know, I've thought about this a lot. And, you know, there's a lot of moments in my career that I can look back on and and say, man, that kind of helped shape and form who I am. Um, but it was probably um, my early days of my career at Beach Aircraft um, when I was still working my way up, you know, trying to be a crew chief, trying to get into that foreman role, and and I was able to accomplish all of that from starting on the shop floor. Um, but it was one of the last. Um, foreman's I had was that guy that um, just couldn't care less about you as a person, and I knew I knew just knew how that made me feel, um, and it was uh, basically being told that it doesn't matter what I wanted, what I needed, all that mattered was what that I produced, and. Whether that was true or not, it wasn't a leader speaking to somebody that was a director, a manager. And and I thought, okay, that that's not who I want to be. And if I ever get the opportunity to lead people, I won't treat them like that. 
And I've tried my entire career to live up to that. So, Randy, it was about a year ago that you sat down with your leadership team at Tribus and created a new vision, mission, and core values. So, talk about the need to do it at that time and what that shift in vision mindset will mean to Tribus going forward. Yeah, so so when I joined uh, Tribus and I, I read the vision and mission, um, it didn't speak to me. It, it didn't motivate me. I didn't see not just that we were living it, but I didn't see how to live it. Um, and to me, a vision and a mission statement need to speak to who you are as an organization and what's important to you. And, and there's so many opportunities for all the buzzwords um, that it's somewhat, sometimes it feels like buzzword bingo when you're reading a mission statement. And I didn't want that either. So what I talked to my team about was, let's create a vision and mission that we can all rally behind, that we can hold each other accountable to, and that as we progress down you know, this cultural change and this road that we're going on, we have something to measure ourselves against and say, are we living that statement? Are we every day, can we look at that and say, I did my best to be what that vision and mission statement says. Um, so we completely scrapped the old one, um, sat down as a team, and and I, I gave guidance. I didn't give direction. Uh, there were a few things I thought needed to be in there um, that were, you know, that I'm passionate about. Um, but I really hoped to let the team develop um, a, a strong statement and. And they did. I feel like um, it's concise, but it is um, who we are and what we are interested in pursuing. All right, Randy, you're a community guy. Why is that so important to you to give back to communities and charities in those communities you serve? Yeah, so so first, there's, there's two sides to that. And let's talk the business side first. And as a leader in the organization, I feel like it is my responsibility to make sure that our companies give back to the communities that we work in. Um, it's, it's not enough to provide jobs. Um, in, in the aerospace industry, we have some of the best paying jobs in the communities that we live in. And I feel it's our obligation to do donate either our time, talents, or our money to uh, worthy causes that mean something to the people that work at our company. So it isn't that we're just going to get involved in an event. We're going to get involved in something that means something to the people that work for our companies. You know, and, and for me, that that started with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation as, you know, my youngest son has CF. Um, and, you know, it's something you're, you're born with. It's a genetic disease. There's no cure for it. Um, you know, there's, I, I, I think we don't have enough time for me to go into um, all of that. But, you know, I started a, a charity event. Uh, this is the 19th year that it's been held. It's a golf tournament in Wichita, Kansas to raise money for CF. Um, not knowing at the time it would become a life's mission. And I thought I was just going to try and raise a little bit extra money than what I could just donate out of my own check. And it's become... It's become a passion for me to um, 
to make a difference in the lives of children with CF. Wow. What a story. All right. If you were to sit down and have a discussion with Randy Ball in his 20s, what advice would you give him? Grow up. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's probably the first thing that comes to mind. But, um, you know, knowing what I know now, it's be patient. Um, Love others more than yourself. you know, a, a lot of the things that I strive to be as a father and a husband and a man today, I was not in my 20s. Um, I was a pretty good example of who not to be, at least my mind. And, uh, you know, so that, that advice would be to remember who you are, remember who your family is. Um, you were brought up better than this. Be patient, work hard, um, put the time in, and let let the results happen as a result of your passion, not as a result of anything you feel you may have earned. It's really a journey, isn't it? Because as I as I hear those words, you know, you talked about you know growing up and 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 things like that and and you're very forthcoming um very vulnerable um that that journey has brought you to where you are today yeah it's a journey there's no doubt and that's what i mean by be patient it is a journey and you have to learn the hard way sometimes um and you have to take the time in the moment to be in the moment you know, I, I've heard a saying a lot uh, often lately, be where your feet are. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that recently, even this last week. And, you know, what that means to me is stay in the moment, know exactly what you're trying to accomplish, and know that it's going to take bringing talented people smarter than yourself along with you to make that happen. And that's that influence. I've you know, I, I've always said, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, we're in trouble. <laughs> I'm not trying to be derogatory about my level of intelligence. It's all about I want talented people around me so that we can go be successful. And and it is a journey. And it's there's days when you feel like you're beating your head against the wall. And there's days you make leaps and bounds. But mostly, it's baby steps. And if I look at the, the supervisor I was in my mid-20s, I was no leader. Um, I could get the job done and I could get results, but sometimes it was in a cloud of dust. Um, and I think, you know, what I've learned is the long-term results and the great strides come um, from patience and from true leadership and caring about other people. Randy, thanks for your time today and sharing your thoughts about leadership. Today's podcast brought to you by Canadis 3. They are the experts in leadership development, coaching, and consulting. They develop people into leaders of people. Friends, that's a wrap. We'll put a bow on this episode of What Leaders Want. Until we meet again, remember, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you, my friends, are leaders. Bye now.